Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. coming, it will burn like a furnace. All the arrogant and every evildoer will be stubble, and that day that is coming will set them on fire, says the Lord Almighty. Not a root or a branch will be left to them, but for you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. The Epistle lesson is from 2 Thessalonians, third chapter. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we command you, brothers, to keep away from every brother who is idle and does not 
live according to the teaching that you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, laboring and toiling so that we would not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we did not have the right to such help, but in order to make ourselves in it a model for you to follow. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, if a man does not work, he shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle. They are not busy. They are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge you in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the bread they eat. And as for you, brothers, never tire of doing what is right. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the gospel. Gospel according to St. Luke, the 21st chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Some of his disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, as for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived for many will come in my name claiming I am he and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear wars and revolutions, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines, and pestilences in various places, in fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay hands on you and persecute you. They will deliver you to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. This will result in your being witnesses to them. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand about how you defend yourselves. For I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. All men will hate you because of me, but not a hair of your head will perish. By standing firm, you will gain life. When you see Jerusalem being surrounded by armies, you will know that the desolation is near. Then though, let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, let those in the city get out, and let those in the country not enter the city. For this is the time of punishment and fulfillment of all that has been written. How dreadful it will be in those days for the pregnant women and nursing mothers. There will be great distress in the land and, and, and in wrath for against this people. 
They will fall by the sword and will be taken as prisoners to all nations. Jerusalem will be trampled on by the Gentiles until the times of Gentiles are fulfilled. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and in perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message today comes from our gospel reading. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, you are always faithful. As we await your promised return, help us to recognize your gifts in this life so that we may serve you in confidence and quietness. As we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Jesus said, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption, your salvation is drawing near. That's our text. I came across this as an old story, a story about a spider that lived in a cornfield, uh, a big spider, and he had spun this beautiful web uh, between the corn stalks, and he got fat from eating all the bugs that uh, flew by and got caught up in his web. He really liked his home and planned to stay there for the rest of his life. One day, the spider caught a little bug in his web, and just as he was about to eat him, the bug uh, said, said, Stop! If you let me go, I will tell you something important that will save your life. The spider paused for a minute and listened, and because he was amused. And, and the little bug said, You better get out of this cornfield. The harvest is coming. 
Spider smiled and said, what's this harvest you're talking about, right? I think you're just telling me a story. The little bug said, oh no, 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 not at all. The owner of the field is coming uh, to harvest as soon and the stalks, they will be knocked down and the corn will be gathered up and you're gonna be killed by giant machines if you stay here. Spider said, I don't believe that. I don't believe in harvests. I don't believe in giant machines that knock down corn stalks. How in the world can you go ahead and prove something like that? The bug said, well, look at the corn. See how it's planted in rows there? Uh, the field proves that it was created by an intelligent designer. The spider laughed and mocked him and said, this field has evolved and it's had nothing to do with the creator. Corn always grows that way in rows like that. Bug went on to explain, explain said, no, no, no. The field belongs to the owner who planted it and the harvest is coming soon. The spider grinned and said to the little bug, I don't believe you, eat him up. A few days later, the spider was laughing at the story the little bug had told him, and he thought to himself, a harvest, what a silly idea. I've lived here all my life, and, and nothing has ever disturbed me. I've been here since these stalks were just a foot off the ground, and I'll be here forever, because nothing is ever going to change in this field. Life is good. I have it made. Next day, a beautiful sunny day in the cornfield, the sky above was clear. There's no wind at all. But that afternoon, as the spider began to take a nap, he noticed some thick, dusty clouds moving toward him. He could hear the roar of the great engine, and he said to himself, I wonder what that could be. Hmm. You might say the story of the spider in the cornfields parable. Parable is uh, known as that earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so behind a story of a little bug warning a big spider about the coming doom is a very important message to you and me as we end this church year and get ready for a new one. We hear Jesus warning his listeners that there will be a time when strange things will happen to the sun, moon, and stars. All around the world, people will be afraid. The sea and the tides will do untold damage. People will be terrified as the planets veer off course. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? I mean, uh, this is the stuff that movie makers love. Uh, in fact, movies have been made about asteroids hurtling toward Earth and showering cities with rocks made red hot by flying through the Earth's atmosphere. Fires break out everywhere. Huge tidal waves are created and they sweep over coastal cities. We call that science fiction. What Jesus is talking about is not fiction. This isn't the product of an overactive imagination. What Jesus is saying will really happen. He doesn't stop with just a prediction that there will be the end to this world. He goes on to say that these natural disasters are really just a prelude to the coming, to something that, that comes before, the, the coming of the Son of Man. He will come in, in a cloud with great power and glory. In 1 Thessalonians, Paul describes that moment like this. There'll be a shout of the command, the archangel's voice, the sound of God's trumpet and the Lord himself will come down from heaven. At the end of chapter 21, Jesus warns, be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the son of man. Jesus knew that when he appeared a second time in glory, there will be many people who, like that big spider in the cornfield, will say, I wonder what that could be. 
And so Jesus goes to a lot of effort to tell you and me that he will return and that we will always need to be ready. The Gospel writer Matthew records a parable that Jesus told about a man who goes on a journey, a trip, leaving one of his workers in charge of his property and his house. Before he goes, he gives the, the worker a list of jobs that he needs to expe expects to be completed while he is away. And as the owner leaves, the worker kicks back and relaxes. Really didn't worry too much about the jobs he has to do because he reasoned that the owner is not going to be back for a really long time. Why stress over the work uh, that needs to be done every day when it can be done just before he comes back, right? Why deny himself the opportunity to party, have a good time? And it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Uh, uh, but there's one aspect of, the, of this plan that he didn't count on. The owner coming back earlier than he had anticipated and catching him unprepared. All the work and responsibilities he'd been given were left undone. And Jesus concludes in Matthew, watch then because you do not know when the master of the house is coming. It might be in the evening or at midnight or before dawn or at sunrise. If he comes suddenly, he must not find you asleep. What I say to you, then I say to all, watch. You see, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he left his disciples, you and me, in charge and gave us instructions about what we are to do while he is away. Go and make disciples. Teach what he taught his disciples. Baptize, preach the good news to the world, to love one another, pray for one another, support and care for one another, forgive one another, trust and believe him and him alone. Worship God with thankful hearts, teach and instruct one another, live as God's people. My friends, listen to me, Jesus will come again. And he wants you and me to always be ready for his return. There's no room for leaving things to the last minute. He will come back and he wants to find us carrying out those instructions and be prepared for the day when he will appear, as we heard, coming in, in a cloud with great power and glory. The little bug gave that spider a clear warning about the creator of the cornfield. The farmer will one day harvest the corn. The signs were there. I mean, hot days, the bright corn indicates that it all will soon happen. Exactly when the farmer will do this was not known. But be sure, the little bug warrant, it will happen. You know, there's that old adage that there are two things that are certain in this life, <laughs> death and taxes. We can add a third, the return of Jesus at the end of all time. God's word leaves no room for doubt whatsoever. Jesus will return, no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes. But just as the spider in the field wasn't ready for the day when the farmer came in a cloud of dust, there are a lot of people in our world in our community, maybe even in our family, who at this very moment are not ready for the coming of Jesus in glory. Maybe they've never heard about Jesus, or maybe they've never heard that he will come again. Maybe they've never really taken seriously the end of the world uh, will bring with it the judgment of God. Maybe they've heard the message, but they've chosen to ignore it, thinking the master is not gonna return for a long time, and they don't need to worry about it right now. they got plenty of time later to deal with God and get that straightened out. Maybe they've only partially heard about Jesus and, and his return. Maybe they've not heard the whole message and have dismissed it as foolish and childish. 
Maybe they're so engrossed in their future right now in this world that they've forgotten all about their eternal future and where they might spend it, in God's presence or apart from God in hell. And whatever the reason, Jesus warns that many people will be surprised as in the days of Noah when the flood came. Noah's neighbors and friends were all too busy with things. And when they heard the first claps of thunder, maybe the rain starting to fall, they probably asked one another the same question. I wonder what that could be. You see, one of the important tasks Jesus has left us to do while he is away is to make sure that every person on this earth, starting with family, our neighborhood, our community, that they hear the good news and know that Jesus is their Lord, their Savior and King. I mean, it's a task we can't put off until next week or next year because there might not be a next week or next year. As the parable suggests, Jesus can return at any time, right? Any moment, even in an hour when he is least expected. Let's not wait for a, a new program to start. The task of sharing the joy and hope that we have in the, the birth of life, suffering, death, and resurrection and the return of Jesus is a task that we all share. Uh, whenever and wherever God gives us an opportunity, it could be, maybe it's a stranger that's visiting us here at church or at Saturday night at church or out here on Sunday mornings. Maybe it's a school parent we, we meet uh, waiting for their children. Maybe it's a neighbor we talk to over the back fence. Maybe it's a coworker, Or maybe it's the friend who is sort of dropped out of church. Or maybe it's the one who's lost their faith. Maybe it's the person that's abandoned their faith for the temporary comfort of the world's faith. Maybe it's the person caught up in, in thinking no further than the next uh, great thing, like the next party or whatever. Or maybe it's someone that's trapped in, in, in some kind of addictive sin that they can't find a way out. I mean, I think you get the picture, right? Uh, Pastor, I, I don't know how to do that sort of thing, Pastor. I mean, that's, that's the job for the professionals, right? That's the job for you. Uh, I, I don't have the right words. I'll mess it up. Wrong. You are God's child in baptism, and you have everything that you need. You know and trust in Jesus. You know that Jesus has called you to make disciples for life, right? You know that Jesus, uh, you know what Jesus means to you. You know the changes that he's made in your life. You know the hope that Jesus gives to you. You know the strength that he gives to you when you need it. You know how it feels when your worst sins have been forgiven. You've experienced the love of God through other people and you know what it is like to have people share that same love with you when you need it the most. Now, there are people out there in this world, in our community, maybe even in your own family, as well as in here, who need to hear that from you. Now, you don't have to hit them over the head with the Bible. You don't have to keep quoting Bible verse after Bible verse, right? Love them as God has loved you in Jesus. Share what God has done in your life. Trust that God's Spirit is going to take over in that heart and make that small seed of faith trust and grow in, in them. Because that's the only one that can do it is God's Spirit. My friends, the message of the gospel is clear. Those who, in Christ, who are in Christ have nothing to fear when Jesus returns. If all your wrongs have been removed, wiped out, eliminated by the forgiveness that Jesus won for you by dying on the cross, then there's nothing left to judge on Judgment Day. 
Paul puts it like this. You will be free from all impurity and blame on the day of Christ. For the child of God, the return of Jesus is not something to fear. In fact, when everyone else around you is overcome by panic, as the scriptures say, you can stand up, raise up your heads because your redemption is drawing near. You know, it's interesting that we start the church year and we end it doing the same thing. In a couple of weeks, we'll have Advent. In Advent, we look ahead to the coming of Jesus in flesh in his birth. At the end of the church year, we're looking ahead at the coming of Jesus again in glory. We're always looking ahead to the coming of Christ. And as we come to the end of one church year, prepare to begin another one, let's join with the church of all ages as, as scripture talks about saying, come, come Lord Jesus, come into our hearts like the Christ child. Come to us on the last day in, in glory. Come to us and help us stand firm in our, in our faith and on your word in this crazy world. Come with your forgiveness, come with your grace, come with your mercy, O oh Lord, into our lives today. Come and give us strength that we might share this good news to all people. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, let us confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed we confess together. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and Son together is worshiped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.